Hey, family. Happy Sunday. Well, or it might be Monday. Exactly. Or Tuesday. Or Friday. Or Friday night. we're just glad you're here. That's right. Friday night before you go to the club. Welcome to Shoreline City. It's going to be a great, great time. I'm Earl. I'm Onika. My beautiful wife, Onika. And we are in a relationship series that we're incredibly excited about. I cannot wait to see what God is going to do in all of our lives today. I pray that you are ready. The title, the title of today's message, honey, is entanglement hey come on somebody here we go uh if you're if you're watching no matter where you are on your couch uh what he said a sunday monday doesn't matter what day it is you're either married or single you're either male or female so what we're going to talk about today is going to meet you exactly where you are some of you have been divorced others of you have never been married some folks are in a relationship right now and some folks are really wanting to be in one or maybe not be in one at all. And the beautiful thing about relationships is I think sometimes people think, ah, relationship message, I'm going to tune this out. But bottom line is you have relationship with your family, you have relationship with your friends, you have relationship with your boss, with the teams you lead, with your professors. And so this isn't just a relationship talk about someone who's dating or married. It's actually about the relationships that we all handle in life. Yes, so uh, last week, and you're welcome to go back and check that out on our YouTube, we talked about offense, and uh, it was a very, very uh, heartfelt, uh, I think necessary conversation that we want to encourage you to go uh, take a look at, uh, but but today as we talk about the, the this aspect of relationships and entanglement, I can't wait to see uh, what God is going to do with all of us. I remember, uh, honey, you and I, we were, uh, I think, oh, actually, this is a sad moment, this is when... Uh, Granny passed. That's okay. You okay. can go there. So I remember, just, that's the thing. I just never know what he's going to say. That's right. So I'm just rolling with it. So when, his, when oh, Nigga's beautiful grandmother uh, went Her to, name was Eunice. Yes, Eunice. Great grandma name. Uh, she went to uh, went to heaven, and we went and just were kind of, you know, cleaning up her house and putting things here and there. And um, remember, your, remember Bernard uh, yes. was there. So I'm 20-something at the time, right? And Bernard was in his 40s. But the man looks so good. Number one, black don't crack, right? So he is looking real good. And he's in his 40s, but he is fit. And I'm like, how does he look this good in his 40s? Because when you're in your 20s and you're talking to somebody in their 40s, they're old. I mean, they're, they're about to go to heaven, basically. I mean, it's like they are archaic. They're a dinosaur. And now I'm in my 40s. And I realize it's not as far away as you think, 20-somethings. But you're, you're sitting there, and I'm looking at it, I'm like, man, how are you in such great shape? What's your secret? Tell me your secret. Because I know I want to look like you in my 40s. Tell me your secret. And he goes, hmm, I don't know. Consistency. Wow. That is... Not a protein powder. No. It's not a, a pill. <laughs> It's the most non-sexy answer you can possibly get. Consistency. But it's a necessary answer. And anyone that has done anything significant over a long period of time understands it's not all the sexy stuff that makes it really, really special. That's it true. is like that just hard nose, grind it out, trust God, keep on putting one not foot. Not giving up. Not giving up. And in our day and age, we want to have pretty and shiny. And I'm just telling you, we'll just tell you right now, you would rather have ugly and faithful. Come on, somebody. Ugly and faithful, then you want to have 
pretty and a liar. I'll just oh. tell you that right now. Because that pretty and you can't trust them, pretty and they're not uh, faithful, pretty and they can't be consistent, pretty and you don't know what side of the mouth they're talking this out is of. so good. I'm telling you, you would rather have somebody that's like, he's all right, but I know he's a man of God. Uh, somebody put that in the chat. Somebody put it in a comment right now. because Somebody put that on their Instagram. You, Someone needs that right now. Stop looking at just on the outside. Today, we're going to deal with that stuff that's on the inside and help us become who God has called us to be. Uh, Romans chapter 12, verse number two, honey. I'm uh, so excited. One of my today. favorite passages of scripture. I can open up my Bible here. Romans chapter 12, verse number two. It says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Do not conform to the pattern of this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Honey, when you read that passage of scripture right there, what does it speak to you? I start thinking about all the relationships and all the things that we see on social media. And I think that that's a pattern that many of us apply our lives to. So we see these couples or we see these single people living their best life or we see these entrepreneurs and business owners living their best life on the gram. But what we don't see is the behind the scenes. And time and time again, I've heard so many stories of companies ending or relationships ending that on paper, on Instagram, they just were living their best life. Like I wanted their life. And so I think a lot of times we apply our life towards what we see on our phones instead of what the word of God says. And I think if more of us took the time to be consistent, to do the work, that we would have relationships that don't just look good on Instagram, because it's okay to look good on Instagram. I'm all about a filter. In a second. Give me a filter in a second. I am not mad. But at the end of the day, what matters is one on the inside, because what's on the inside, moved by God's presence, is what produces something that other people can live off of. Yeah, so, so good. So we want to... Uh throw this on the screen for you real quick. Okay. It is, it is not intention that determines where you end up. No, my friends. No, no. It is direction, not intention that determines your destination. It is direction, not intention that determines your destination. This is a quote I heard years and years ago, and, and it, it has stuck with me. It's actually from a book. I can't remember the name of the book, but this quote right here is something that you and I need to take on because we all have the best of and intentions. And the purest of motives at the beginning. Mm -hmm. Everyone's like, yes, I want to have a great relationship. Yeah, I want my company to have this kind of culture. Yeah, I want my family to feel like this. Oh, I, I grew up in this type of house, so whenever I have a wife, or whenever I have a husband, or whenever I raise my kids, this is the type of parent I want to be. Oh, this is the type of friend uh, I want to be. This is the type of a connect group I want to have. And you can have all the best intentions in the world. But if you do not have the right direction, 
it does not matter what your intentions are. You'll end up in the wrong spot. You and I uh, just took a flight uh, to California, and uh, we got on a plane that was headed to California. We intended to go to California. If we intended to go to California, but we got on a plane that was going to Europe, it would not matter what our intention was if we're on a plane that's headed to Europe. And there are too many of us in our relationships right now. Come on, listen to me here. Follow, follow along with us. There's too many of us right now that we have the intention to go to California, but the direction of our relationships is headed to Europe. There is, they are not founded in God's word. There's not the humility that is needed. They're not the tools that are needed. There's not the language that's understood. There's not the surrender to the work of the spirit that is necessary. We are conforming our lives to the pattern of the this world and not being transformed by the renewing of our minds and because of that we're surprised when we end up in Europe but we ought not be surprised because that was the plane we were always on but today give it give it this handshake uh, uh, uh. today we're going to help individuals. We're going to help ourselves yes, I'm excited get to the to place. Grow and learn. I want to get better. Yes. We're going to get to the place that God has for every single one and of us. And I think what's so powerful about these conversations is many of us did not grow up in homes where this was modeled for us or our families had their own companies or crushed it in school, but a lot of times don't spend the time to talk about how do you make this work. And I think if we just look at other people's lives through photos, but we don't have conversations, we fool ourselves. It's similar to when I cook something, I love to bake cookies and pies, and I just love to yes, bake and cook. Yes, she does. Yeah, it's got the best <laughs> of us at this season. Not you, but honey. hey, you still look good. It's all good. But with that said, when I leave out an ingredient, it looks actually like the cookie on the outside. It has the same shape, the same coloring. But when I leave out salt or I leave out vanilla, it doesn't taste right. And I think that just like life, if we just apply our lives and try to make them look like other people's lives that we see on social media or on TV or we see other people crushing it in their companies, but we miss the ingredient of community. We miss the ingredient of being planted in God's house. We miss the ingredient of prayer. We miss the ingredient of consistency. That's why it's not working out. And I think by taking moments like this to be teachable, to be leaned in, to just talk about how do you make relationships last? How do you deal with offense? Just like we talked about last week. I think these are things that we can build on because so many of us go into things not teachable. And then we end up pulled over on the side of the road feeling like, how did I get here? But the bottom line is we're going to make mistakes. Yep. We're going to fall. We're going to have to pull over and ask for, ask for help. But if we have some of these handles that we're going to talk through today, I feel like it's going to strengthen us in every relationship yes, we have. Yes, that is so, so good. Uh, we, we've got a little thought, and, and here it is. We all want the blessing of God. I, I know you do. I do. We want the blessing of God on our relationships. Every last Everyone. one of us. I know that about you. We know that about you. But too many times we don't want to follow the path of God for our relationships. And this, my friends, is where the rubber meets the road. This is where you and I have to wrestle with things because we're saying, God, I, I, I want it. I want it. I want, I want your blessing on this. But then we're not wanting to walk in the path that he has for us. I think about the bride who's had her Pinterest board saved since the time she was little 
or someone about to start their company or someone even in the ministry, you might think, oh, it's all every detail that I put into the wedding is the most important, but really it's the details that you put into the marriage that are most important. Same thing with people that you see start their own companies or people that are crushing it in real estate. So many times we think, okay, if I have the office, if I have the clothes, if I have the trench coat, if I have the connections, that's the car. if I have the car, that's what's going to give me favor in real estate. But what we're leaving out is the hard work, the late hours, the perseverance, the being leaned in, to being teachable. We're forgetting something. People, I've, I know so many people that are, want to go into full-time ministry, and so they think, oh, I need a leather coat and a certain <laughs> type of jeans and a certain little shoe boot um, and some fresh frames, and I'm ready to go in ministry. But my friend, that is not ministry. Do not be fooled by just a leather jacket. That is not the thing that's going to give you the endurance when the test comes, the breaking comes, the living life with people, the celebrations, the pain, the hurt. We need something that's not seen. We need strength. We need consistency. We need to apply our lives with the principles found in Scripture, and that's what gives us endurance, and that's how you keep smiling even when it's all crazy. This is so, so good. Just for the record, I love sitting next to you. You're the best, okay? Everything you're sharing. Sharing is so, so life-giving. We've got some practicals here. We're, we're going to get really, yes. really practical. Yeah. We're talking about not conforming to the pattern of this world, but being transformed by the yes. renewing of our mind, not getting entangled Hello. in the pattern of this world. So here is one of the very first principles that we, practicals, we want to share with every single one of us. Can I say something too really quick before Do we it, go honey. to the practicals? Go. The crazy thing about entanglement is you don't plan it. Ooh. It's not like you plan to be entangled in something that you don't want to be in. You really, it's not a plan. It's not, you don't write it in your journal, dear journal, dear diary. I want to get, I want to do this business deal that I know is going to cause me to lose my integrity. Dear diary, I want to get into a relationship with someone else who's already in a relationship. Ooh. Hello. Hello. Dear diary, you know, we don't plan to fall into these entanglements, these traps. It's actually when we don't have our course set correctly, but sometimes it's because we don't have the right handles or we didn't have the right conversations to prepare us. And so I just want to say, if you find yourself in a spot today where you're blaming yourself, we just want you to know there's no shame. There's no condemnation. But now you know and so we're praying that our just the eyes of our hearts would just be opened to see, to move where God wants us to move, to make changes when we need to make changes, and to just to be teachable. This is so, so good. First and foremost, and we're going to go into the shallow end first, stop letting anger control you. Stop letting anger control you. James chapter 1, we're going to read verses 19 and 20. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Some of y'all are angry already that I even shared this verse of scripture because <laughs> this is something that continues to trip you up. You can look at relationship after relationship, coworker after coworker, Boss after boss, employee after employee, maybe, maybe boyfriend after boyfriend, a girlfriend after girlfriend, and you can see where your anger has inserted itself and it has destroyed something that God was trying to build. We got to stop letting anger control us. 
I want you to understand this. When you and I become followers of Jesus Christ, when we give our hearts and our lives over to him, there are two amazing things that happen. One is this thing called salvation, and that happens in a moment. But there's another thing called sanctification, and that happens over a lifetime. And too many of us have just had this salvation moment, but we're not allowing God to do his sanctifying work, his cleansing work, his changing work on the inside of us. So I just want us to pause for a second and at least be willing to look in the mirror and go, hey, I've got to deal with this. I'll be uh, uh, honest here. When we were first getting married, remember this, honey? Um, And I remember, I remember this, this anger thing was something. I'm a pretty nice guy. What do you think? One of the nicest. I I think I'm a nice guy. But I had this anger thing on the inside of me that came from i won't get into all the other stuff where, daddy where, issues yeah, yeah you know you just get, you have issues growing up and you know you've got all different things so you, you end up with this with this anger that honestly i it did not raise its ugly head very often but man there were a few times in my life i can really remember it was not something that was controlling me but there were some moments that i was just like man i took that too far and I remember, remember sitting with our, our um, marriage, pre-marriage yes. counselors, yes. Yep. Bill and Lisa Schuler, and we were sitting with them. And Barnes and Noble, remember Barnes and Noble? Barnes and Noble. Pour it yep. out. This is now what we are. We're married 23 years, yeah. so this is maybe 25 years ago. So crazy. So 24 years ago, we're sitting with them, and somehow we begin to get on this anger topic, and I remember. Bill Schuler, who is another incredibly nice guy, coming at me with so much force to remind me and let me know, Earl, you can never, ever raise your voice at your wife. You can never put your hands on your wife. I had never done any of those things, you know, thank God. But he was trying to attack this area of my life so aggressively and it took a man that I respected looking at me eyeball to eyeball saying hey you're not going to let this control you and destroy this marriage that God is giving you and I want to look at every man eyeball to eyeball and let you know you are a new creation in Christ Jesus. The old is gone and the new is here. And you do not have any excuse whatsoever to allow yourself to bubble, boil over so much that the people that you love are afraid of you. We want to kill this thing on the inside of you. And he whom the son has set free is free indeed. I not only speak that over you, but I want you to receive that into your heart that you can be the type of man that walked with kindness and integrity and love and compassion and mercy and you do not have to allow the pains and the fears of your past to dictate your emotions this my friends is what we need in order for our relationships to not end up in all the entanglement that they can end up in that's so good and i think many of us grow up in homes where people just lose their cool or lose their chill, no chill, and just just speak their mind, but with venom and just to tear down. And I think for some of us, this is revelation. 
because we've been so surrounded with people that just say the first thing that's on their mind that are quick to go straight to anger. Of course, we all have felt anger, deal with anger. It's a real emotion and real response. But I think the key is the people that we do life with. It's important that we don't use our words and our anger to destroy, to deconstruct, to tear down, to prove a point. Let's, we can go on a walk or we can leave the room. We can take some deep breaths, but we don't Here's a, here's a major key right now. Here's something for free for someone right now. You don't have to actually say everything you think. Wow. Let's just let that marinate for a second. Every single thought you have, you do not have to express them or verbalize them to the person that you're having them about. There's been so many times through the course of our over 20 years of marriage that I've thought things that I have not said to Earl. Thank because, you. Yes. Because I. What things? I don't Just know at any given moment, but there's so many things in the heat of an argument or a discussion that I could have said that I know would be cutting. But in James, it talks about it. It talks about controlling our tongue because our tongues can just get us into a lot of trouble. But it takes self-control. It takes practice. And I know I have so many friends that say, I only have hot or cold. I can go 100 in a second, but it can be taught because we both grew up in homes where our families were loud. But we just decided that that wasn't going to be the culture of our home. So you can decide right now. I'm not going to just use my words as a knife to just cut, destroy, and to cause someone's heart to bleed because I can. There are other skill sets in communication that God wants us to develop because if you have anger issues at home, Lord knows that at your job, you probably have the same anger issues or with your classmates or when you're playing sports with friends. We can be passionate. We can have real frustration, but there's a healthy way to deal with our emotions like anger. And we're just talking through this because for many of us, we didn't know that you don't have to yell or to be cutting to get a point across. God did not give you a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power, love, and self-discipline. The fruit of the spirit, love, joy, peace, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, goodness, and self-control. Against such there is no law. You actually received, when you gave your heart to Jesus, a new spirit. And the, the lie of the world, the pattern of the world is to say, oh, you're just always that old you. No, my friends, you've been given a new you on the inside. And if you and I are willing to continue to allow God to renew our minds, the word of God to renew our minds and remind ourselves of our identity in Christ, you actually have everything that you need to be all that God has called you to be. That's just number one. Number two, stop letting your wounds protect you. Stop letting your wounds protect you. The reason we want you to stop letting your wounds protect you is because they can't. And so many of us right now are living lives where we have allowed the pain of our past to dictate the relationships of our present and our future. And all of these pains and all of these scars that are legitimate, all of the times that people hurt you, stabbed you in the back, did not treat you right, spoke ill of you, said they be, would be with you and they're not with you. All of these things are very, very real. We have experienced them. You have experienced them. And if you haven't experienced them yet, just live a little bit longer. But all of us end up with wounds, every last one of us. But if you and I continue to live and lead from, our, from the pain of our wounds, 
thinking those wounds can protect us. I'm telling you, they're not protecting us at all. In actuality, they're imprisoning us. John chapter 20, verses 25 to 27. You want to read this, honey? You want me to? I'll read it. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. Verse 27. Then he said to Thomas, put your fingers here. See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Do you see? This is an interaction between Jesus and Thomas, who got a terrible name, Doubting Thomas. I mean, that's a rough name to I have. I know. Who wants that? I, I mean, Here comes Doubting Thomas. I mean, what if you were labeled by the one time that you really messed up, right? I can go down the list yeah, of yeah. names I could have on my, on my life. But here in this moment, Thomas is like, I'm not going to believe unless I can see the wounds, see the scars. And Jesus because he was not allowing his wounds to protect him. All of you guys left me. All of you guys ran away. I was in my darkest hour and you weren't there for me. Here I was on the cross and I could only see John and, and some other ladies that were willing to stand by my side. Where were all of you? You said you were my ride or dies. You said we rolled together, we die together. Where are you at now? Jesus did not say any of that. Instead, he said, hey, I'm not going to use these wounds to keep me in prison, to keep me hiding out. I'm not going to stay in this tomb because of my wounds. As a matter of fact, I'm going to allow the resurrection power of Almighty God, of the Spirit, to take me out of this tomb and now I'm going to allow my wounds to be the thing that helps somebody else believe stop letting your wounds protect you they can't some of you won't get in a connect group because of past wounds some of you are only willing to watch church online because of past wounds some of you aren't willing to have some friendships because of your past wounds some of us aren't willing to start the company that we know God is asking us to start because of past wounds. We're asking you, by the grace that God provides, to not allow your wounds to protect you because they can't. All right, honey. If you got some kids in the room right now, we're about to go to another topic here. So uh, it's a topic that begins with S. So if you have some kids in the room and you don't want them to hear this, give them earmuffs or throw on. Give some, them the iPad. Give them some, the iPad. Yeah. Put on YouTube Kids or something, some JoJo CY or whatever. Throw, throw some Fortnite on because here we go. This next one is a vital, vital, vitally important one. Stop letting sex drive you. Stop letting sex drive you. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 18 through 20. You want to read that, honey? Sure. Flee from sexual immorality. All their signs, excuse me, flee from sexual immorality. All other sins a person commits are outside the body. But whoever sins sexually sins against their own body. Verse 19. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought with a price. Therefore, God, therefore, honor God with your bodies. Okay. You are not your own. Wow. This verse right Did here. Did you not know? <laughs> yeah. I, I, we were talking, and we actually thought people don't know. They genuinely don't know. Like, it sounds like some archaic. Sounds crazy. Yeah. If you don't know. Yeah, some kind of 
I don't know, random, traditional, maybe overly religious. I, I don't know. There could be a whole bunch of thoughts that people can have around this, but we just want to let you know that the idea of you just having sex with your spouse, that might be new for you, but my friends, it's not new to the way of, of following Christ. And we want to let you know, if you don't know, this is his path for you. You're like, oh, no, you're in my business now. Leave me alone. What, what, do you expect me? Do you expect me as a 32-year-old not to have sex until I'm married? What's your answer, honey? Yep. Wait, you expect me? I'm 21 and I've got all this energy. You expect me not to have sex until I'm married? What's our answer, honey? Do not. Sounds crazy, right? I know it's quiet. Listen, I just want to let it sink in. We recognize, we recognize that this is definitely not the pattern of and this it's world. it's not easy. It is so not easy. Y'all, do you know how bad Onika wanted my body when we were dating? Do you know? I mean, you want to tell them? What? It was so difficult for Onika. I'm like, honey, read 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 18 through 20. I ain't doing this. That's basically our whole relationship, and then I married her. It's not, Stop. It's not I'm true not at even, all. I'm not even acknowledging that. I'm not. I'm just not. But in all honesty, we did... By the grace of God, and it was incredibly difficult, we actually waited till we were married to have sex. It's crazy, right? We did it. But can I just tell you, and today can be anyone's first start. Come on. It can be someone in high school's fresh start, someone in college, someone who's dating. Today can be your day of just... Let God wash over you, cleanse you, reset you, renew you. He wants he your wants whole to do body. It. He Today co can be your, your day. That's so good. And I think it's actually the secret sauce. When you do something God's way, he blesses it and honors it and actually teaches you self-control so that when you are married and you are on a job and there's someone cute who's your coworker, you've actually already practiced self-control because just because you have a ring on does not mean you're not tempted does not mean that you don't notice if someone's attractive or attracted to you. Rings don't do anything. Like, they really don't, actually. People still do stuff with rings. So rings, they're not going to save you. But what will save you is um, character. What will save you is making the tough choices ahead of time. And so I actually feel like, was it hard? Yes. It was not easy. I mean, look at him. And those biceps. Those biceps. Just wow. Just wow. But I had to learn self-control. But I really think to this day, over 20 years married, Earl still, by the grace of God, is very madly in love with me. But yes, I think I am. But I think it's because Thank he you, had Jesus. to wait. He had to wait. So he appreciates the gift that God gave him and me, and vice versa. Vice versa. Really so good. I just encourage y'all. Like, let's have different relationships because the way we're all doing things now doesn't really work anyways, so we might as well try something new. If we're willing to try keto, shout out to the people doing keto. I'm not doing keto, but those of you that are putting, like, a stick of butter in your coffee and just eating meat, like, steak after steak after steak because you're like, hey, my carb life wasn't working. I'm trying something new. 
So why don't we apply that same discipline, that same self-control? Because it sounds crazy. Like if someone told you five years ago, you're going to be putting butter in your coffee, <laughs> you would have looked at them like they lost their mind. And some of you are looking at us today like, wait, you want me to save sex for marriage? Like what? What planet are you from? But I just promise you time and time again, I've seen the faithfulness of God when someone decides to fast something, to say, God, I trust you, just like we trust him with our resources and we give 10% of our, of our income. It's the same thing with our sexuality. When you say, God, I have all these desires because this is why you wired me. But I'm going to trust you, and I'm not going to let my desires rule over me. I'm going to trust you for self-control. He blesses that. He honors that. And then you get to know each other. So shows like The Bachelor are fun. Like, I'm so not mad at The Bachelor. It's actually really fun. We got a Bachelor Connect group. We have a Bachelor Connect group. Shout out to all the Bachelor Connect groups. (laughs) But the bottom line is, that is not real life. They're not talking about the things that we're talking about today to actually strengthen a relationship. A dinner on the beach, going to an amusement park together, that's all fun. And even they make it seem more glamorous than it really is. But when you have these handles and you decide, you know what, I'm going to honor you. Your body is a temple, and it is a beautiful temple that I admire. (laughs) Yes, yes it is. But I'm going to trust God with every desire that I have because I want to build something that will last. And I feel like many of us today are looking for relationships that will last. And this, what we're talking about right now, it is a secret sauce because so many relationships, Christian relationships are ending left and right, dating and marriage because we don't know how to control our sexuality. So many churches, real talk, are no longer in existence because the leaders did not know how to control their bodies. So if pastors and leaders are struggling with this, Obviously, we need to stop, we need to keto, and just rethink how we approach sexuality because something's broken. Wow. For those of you who are dating someone right now, and this is an active part of your relationship, you know, sex and and all that comes with it, you can pause. We just had a a family in the church, and uh, this is last year. Uh, maybe a year and a half ago, the, the, the husband or the fiance at the time got baptized, got down on a knee, asked his fiance to, or asked his girlfriend to become his wife after he gets baptized. He has the ring. Then his girlfriend has a son and he is on his knee for that son and gives this young man a ring too. And it's like, hey, I'm going to be your dad. I've got you. I love you. We're all bawling our eyes out from baptism to two rings on the finger to the commitment. It was amazing. Well, that, hus- that, that um, man and woman, they just got married a few weeks ago. They've been living together. They were living together before he got baptized and been living together the whole time. They stopped sleeping together for the entire year, year and a half, until they made their marriage official. God is going to honor that. It is making an announcement, not only even to that young man, the ring that was put on that young man's finger was one thing, but his father, his stepfather making this, not even step, this, this, a beautiful relationship, God relationship that has been put together. He has made a mark on that young man's heart 
Friends, this is what we feel God is calling us to. And if we want to be the light in the world, then we get the opportunity to have him reflect in every single area of our lives. And I just want to say something to the next generation, those that are younger than Earl and I, which are most. <laughs> We're now the old people in the room. I just want to remind us to, that it is a gift. Our sexuality is a gift. So your beauty or your um, handsomeness is such a gift from God. But you don't have to put it out there on blast to get attention. I know that as I'm raising a young girl and my youngest daughter who's five, and I'm raising a 16-year-old alongside my husband and a 10-year-old boy, I see the things that are on Instagram, and I see what girls that are 15, 16, 14, I see what guys that are the same age are just putting out there. And I think in your mind, you're like, hey, I'm confident in my body. Don't body shame me. I have the right to express and show my body because this is God's gift. I mean, I'm not saying don't be confident. But what I am saying is you don't have to dumb yourself down to become for someone to be attracted to you. That there's another way. And I see the things that people are putting out there on all the devices, TikTok, Snapchat, Instagram, all of it. And when I have a 10-year-old son that walks by when I'm on my feed, it's kind of scary what's out there. And so I just want to encourage that there is a better way. You can still be 100% you, 100% confident, and celebrate your body and all that God has done with it at the gym for the guys or for the girls who are like, love me, this is who I am. But there's another part that is actually going to last outlast even your body, and that's your mind, your heart, your passion, your strength. And so I just want to encourage us to just leave some mystery um, <laughs> that we don't have to put it all out there because I know for me as I raise my sons, I want them to continue to honor every single woman and value every single woman. And I know that those that are raising daughters want sons to do the exact same thing. And so let's have those conversations with one another. Let's coach and encourage each other in the best way, not in a judging way. No I'm not shame. judging. That's right. I'm not judging anyone who likes to just um, show their bodies, <laughs> all of them. I'm not judging you. But I am just saying help a mom out of some teenagers here, and let's have the conversations and remind each other that our worth and identity is not found on the outside, that there's something even more beautiful on the inside. So, so good. I know we've got a couple others here, honey. Do you want to share them? Want to just do one more, no more? What do you think? Scripture or story? Um, pra- practical principle. Let's just fire, just real quick, real quick. We'll, we'll let fire these go. last two, okay? Stop letting your urges bury you. Now, when you say urges, you think sexual. No, we're not talking sexual. We're talking, I'm talking actually on this one, more financial. Stop letting your urges bury you. Your urge to look like the Joneses. Your urge to match this person's lifestyle. Your urge to make sure you measure up. Your urge to make sure you put off a certain persona. Listen, my friends, you want to know what's sexy? Being out of debt. I love that. That's sexy. That is attractive. Yeah, it's like, oh, wow. You got money in the bank? Dang. Okay? That, That right there, 
That's beautiful. That's handsome. You can write down the scripture. We won't read it right now. Proverbs chapter 23, uh, verses 1 and 2. I think it might go, go all the way to verse number 3, uh, which talks about when you're sitting at the king's table and the king has all this food here. The Bible says, it's kind of graphic, put a knife to your throat. Don't be a glutton, okay? Don't try to look at those delicacies and think, I just want all of that. And too many of us are looking at the world around us, feeling like we got to have a certain type of shoe, certain type of clothes, certain type of house, certain type of neighborhood, certain type, and I'm, certain type of school that we have to go to and we're burying ourselves in debt and putting ourselves in holes and we're making ourselves slaves uh, to the debtor, uh, the slaves to the lender. And instead, God is like, hey, I want you to be free to be generous. I want you to be free to do the things that I put in your heart. I want you to be free to be able to build my kingdom. I want you to be able to be free to not have all this weight on your shoulders and on your mind. So go ahead and go to Financial Peace University. Don't conform to the pattern of this world. The pattern of this world is let me just swipe and swipe and swipe and swipe and swipe until I am in a hole and we get this past year has been hard for so many of us and maybe credit cards are the things that have been keeping us afloat is what we feel like but I need you to not get into that pattern as trust God to break that so we don't pass it on to our kids we don't share it with our roommates and instead we can be a people that are living free don't let your urges bury you and last but certainly not least Stop letting your friends fool you. Get some good friends around you. Proverbs chapter 13, verse 20 says, whoever walks with the wise grows wise, but a companion, companion of fools suffers harm. That's what the scripture says. I even think less is more. Sometimes less friends is more. Because if you have six friends that you think, this is my crew, they get me, we roll together, but they're not leading you correctly and your life is not better as a result of running with them, sometimes it's just better to have one. Are they ready to grow with you into the new version of you? That right there. Because if they're not ready to grow with you into the new version of you, the transformed version of you, the version of you that God is trying to make you into so that you can reflect his glory and his light and his life everywhere you go. If they're not ready to do that, I'm not, we're not saying you got to cut them off completely, but they probably should not have the same authority in your life that they had before. And you have to be willing. And I'm, I'm loyal, right? I'm a, I'm a loyalist. I know Nika's loyal. Like we got the friends, we got the friends, we ain't letting them go. We ain't letting them go. And I'm not saying you got to let them go, but it might have to be a change. And you got to be okay with that change. Because everyone might be used to the silly version of you, but they're not re ready for the entrepreneur version of you. So you got to have some friends that are like, I not only love you for where you are, I but love for you for, yeah, for where you're going and what God has on the inside of you. And you succeeding is not an indictment on me. As a matter of fact, you succeeding pulls me up higher. You need some friends around you like that, as, I, as do I. And I'm thankful that we have those friends. We try to be that for yes. each other. That's what we're saying, being community. That's what we're saying, run being with each other. Group. There's so many awesome connect groups at Shoreline City. If you want to go deeper in the Bible, there's a connect group. If you are a sneakerhead and you just love fresh shoes, there's a connect group. If you yeah. love basketball, there's a connect group. If you love reading those thick books, those books that just take a lifetime to read, there's a connect group for you. If you love to cook, there's a connect group for Online, you. Online, in person. If you have young children, there's a connect group for you. If you're older and fabulous and thinking, I'm the only one at Shoreline City who's older and fabulous, you are not the only one. There's a whole community of men and women that are your age that want to be in community with you. 
get in a connect group. And we want to encourage people uh, not only on a Sunday, but every day throughout the week. You don't have a church family you're a part of? Come on, jump on this journey with us. We would love to be a part of helping you become who God has called you to be. We want to see you be raised up to be a Christ-like leader who makes it on earth as it is in heaven. No matter where you are around the world, you can be a part of this family. I pray today the words that Onique and I shared have been an encouragement to your heart. I pray that today uh, you've been able to see a little bit more of what Scripture says about you as we've been trying to point all of us to Jesus Christ. We're not just talking about self-help here. We're talking about a transformed life that happens by an encounter with the living God. There's no shame. There's no condemnation. We pray that you, you don't feel beat down at all. What we want you to do is feel inspired. And we also want you to feel convicted and allowing the Holy Spirit to meet you exactly where you are. I was challenged today by some things Onika said. I pray that God is illuminating to you the exact thing that he wants you to be working on. And the good news is he doesn't want you to do it alone. But maybe you're with us today and you've never given your heart and your life to Christ. You've never made him number one. You've never made him first in your life. And you are with us today. And you're saying you don't want to go your own way anymore. You want to go his way. You don't want to be first in your life. You want him to be first. And we're not asking, do you want to join a church? We're asking, we're not asking, do you have a Bible? We're asking, are you ready to say, Jesus, you can be in the driver's seat of my life. This is a moment of transformation, a moment of salvation, a moment where you get a brand new start. And you no longer walk on your own path, but you walk on his. If that's you today, you've never given your heart to Christ. At one point in time, you did, and you've gone your own direction. And today, you're ready to surrender or resurrender your life to Jesus. I'm going to ask you to do me a favor. Just put your hand over your heart right now. I'm going to ask you to repeat this prayer out loud after me. Say, dear Jesus, I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. I admit I've made mistakes. And today, I give you my heart. I give you my life. Give me the power to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen.